0: Will the former stud wideo be making his return to fantasy rosters this year? What should you be doing with Arizona running backs and drafts right now? And who will this year's Lamar Jackson be in the FFPC in 2020? plus career $100,000 high-stakes fantasy football winner. Brian Harris is going to join us to talk about his best ball drafts, how they've been going so far this season, what his thoughts on Evan Ingram's slow surgical recovery are, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. everybody, if you've got what it
1: takes, Hey, y'all, Rex, and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break.
0: Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak.
1: With the rhyme, that's behind the video rapper, You know the top rhyme.
0: Thank you so much, Rob. Happy Combine Weekend, everybody. Greetings, salutations to all the Balkaholics and, and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss some of the surprising 40-yard dash times from the future rookie receivers and maybe some running backs at the NFL Combine, whether Kyler Murray is being overdrafted right now, and career $100,000 winner Brian Harris is going to hop onto the show to talk about his uh, 2020 FFPC best balls, uh, stacking the Rams wideouts in that format, and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. We've got a lively bunch in there right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFFL, or I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Brian is at Brian underscore Harris underscore. Facebook.com slash HSFFL is where to reach us. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, get them in now. We'll try to get to all of them, uh, all those, all the tweets, all the emails, and fantasy feedback coming up later on in the show. Dave, it was Combine weekend, and it's weird because, you know, we we saw the receivers and tight ends work out yesterday. Today we saw the running backs, so now when everybody has a chance to watch the combine uh, on television on saturday and sunday it's going to be the big uglies and the defenders not usually the most enthralling thing to watch yeah i,
1: I have i didn't really adjust properly to a bulky so uh i'm a, I'm a little behind i feel like I'm, i will catch up they're going to replay a lot of stuff over the weekend right but yeah i really i used to really enjoy you know you know kind of pissing away this saturday and sunday watching the stuff all day and now i might actually have to
0: hang out with the family yeah too but <laughs> listen i know that feeling Tupac uh chiming in, um, saying that uh, he doesn't like the new combine schedule. Uh, he says it sucks. He misses everything. They changed a lot of the drills this year, too. I don't know if you noticed that, but they threw out a lot of stuff, and um, they added some new drills as well. If you don't want to spend time with your family, <laughs> hang out with me tomorrow night.
1: Oh, why? We're going to go. Right, let me guess. Is alcohol involved?
0: Yes. Uh, all right. Anyway, what The, what is, the scuba skin diver fantasy football league party is tomorrow. You are more than welcome are you in the league? No, I'm not in the league. I just like the guys who are in it. It's going to be a good time. Talk fantasy football, talk football in general. You right. are cordially invited. Do I know anyone? Uh Leo, <laughs> will be, we'll be there.
1: So, so I'd be a friend of a friend. I to a a fan. Well, here's field, the please.
0: thing. I, is I that a
1: bar, I assume. Where
0: it's it's at several bars actually.
1: Okay, um right.
0: there's twelve guys in the league. I probably know about half the league. Another okay. half I don't know. So um, you know, maybe. I don't know we'll see. Well let me know.
1: Two Packers is interested, it sounds like
0: all right, uh Tupac, we're starting at Scuba's at four tomorrow. So you uh meet us there and uh, you can ride with me, my friend. Uh, there is my diet if I if I actually go out. Uh main event early bird is live, Dave. We just announced that oh, it is? this oh, wow. past week. Nice. Five hundred thousand dollar grand prize, a hundred thousand dollar runner-up prize. You're not too often where you can lose and take home hundred thousand dollars. That is nice. I'm really happy that we got to the hundred K on second
1: place because it, you know it, it now competes with. Some of the grand prizes of other national contests, and that's great. So now you can take first or second and really be you know, six figures, taking it home.
0: And not only that, uh, almost a million dollars added to the prize pool in the main event this year. And remember to sign up now. Uh, that main event, uh, Early Bird, is going on, I believe, until June 1st, I want to say. Um, and you can save $100 off your first team, $400 off each additional team at the regular price as well. Whether you're drafting in Vegas or, or drafting online, it is going to be a hoot as the kids say. Best Ball Slim Leagues got launched, uh, I think it was late last week. Uh, We talked very briefly about it on the show uh, to give you uh, an idea that it is an 18-round draft. It is uh, no kickers, no defenses. If you were ever um, drafting with draft previously... You might be familiar with this format, so give those a, a, a check out. I know Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo, who will quote a lot of the stats on tonight as far as how the drafts are going. He just posted the results of the first completed Best Ball Slam at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter. Check out his website, fantasymojo.com. Don, is the Orphan still available? I noticed they're dwindling, Dave. We, we, there's not nearly as many as there was available earlier, like maybe a month ago. Yeah, we're down to
1: like... Um... I don't know, 15 or 16, although there may be a few that get thrown up there as if people don't renew at the end of their, you know, the time, right. which is yep. tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, the price, I mean, the, the thing is, as fewer are there, the prices get better and better. So, I mean, really, there's. Some, I saw
0: some $1 ones on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do have to pay a deposit,
0: but I mean, there's some real, there's some deals, good players on a lot of these teams. Um, I think Davis Matic um, picked up a, an FFPC Dynasty League um and it was not in great shape and i i think he's planning on chronicling the uh the trials and tribulations of this year of, of trying to bring that back to uh to um co- uh, competitiveness competitiveness i don't think is a word that's what i was going to say it's not a word i don't know not competitiveness seems like a word competitive level and um and so and it can be done. I've seen it done. I've seen a lot of rescue jobs done in uh in this uh format before. Best ball leagues of course open and check out the high stakes lowdown next week. We're gonna have two thousand fourteen uh football guys players championship winner, Jim Seipel is gonna join me on that show. We're gonna talk uh, about some of the best ball leagues that he's been in so far this year. Uh, so that will be dropping Thursday morning. Anything else to report, or can we get into the fantasy stuff? Please, let's move on. All right. Football guys, Riddle Ward and Rob, uh, responsible for tonight's rundown. Chicago Sun-Times, Jason Leiser, Leiser? not sure how to pronounce it, uh, reports that the Bears are planning on pursuing uh, Austin Hooper. Dave, he is 26 years old, had 75, 787, and 6 as far as his line last year. Expect to get 10 to $12 million annually on the open uh, market. And they only have $26 million in cap space due to the Bears. Uh, Obviously, Trey Burton has been a letdown. Adam Shaheen has not lived up to what they thought he was going to do, and he's been battered. That's
1: predicted with Trey Burton by by us, by the way.
0: Oh, did we say that?
1: Well, I know I did, but uh, you may or may not have said it at some point.
0: I got him as my third tight end in a dynasty league. That's the only league I owned him in. So I guess – for them. I, there was a, a, a
1: guy who got a big contract and never performed at all anywhere else and didn't perform in the, fu- in the future. So. He,
0: he performed in a small sample size in Philly. Yeah,
1: very in, small. Very small it, sample size. It was size. not a good – I mean, that year was, still was not that great. I remember us talking about it. Anyway.
0: Uh, Ryan Pace, who's the GM of the Bears, actually was high on Austin Hooper. He went with Jonathan Bullard instead and who the Bears actually cut – uh, so you're looking, and by the way, I just saw Rob Demoski, um right before we came on the show tonight. The I heard that too. Packers reporter saying that Hooper or the Packers are expected to be involved in Austin Hooper as well. So regardless of, of where he goes, Dave, um, as you, well, let, let's frame it like this. Let's talk about this because we don't know where he is going to be right now. He is going as um, tight end six at the five Oh one, not knowing where he's going to be. Would you be okay taking him there, given that whoever signs him is going to use him, or does that seem a little too high?
1: Uh, it seems kind of okay. I mean, because, you know, his, his stats last year, I mean, I don't know that there's a a ton of upside to that, but the tight end position, it's tough. I mean, he could get more touchdowns. I mean, Atlanta just didn't really hit him that much in the red zone. They started throwing to Julio in the red zone, oddly enough, yeah, that, later that's, in the year. Yeah,
0: who, who saw yeah, that after coming? After all the complaints. Well, um, and Calvin Ridley was there, too. And, and if, Ridley gets
1: touchdowns like crazy. And, before, and look what Hooper still morning.
0: put up. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's just. You have to be
1: um, in a good offense. So Atlanta's a good offense. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. So you have to get that. And I would expect, I would expect him to want to go to a, a contending
0: type-ish team of which the Packers would be one the Bears could be, I guess. So NFC North's pretty good. Um, there's four tight ends going in the fifth round right now in FFPC best balls. Hooper leads the way. Would you do a quick would you rather here? Would you rather have Austin Hooper or Evan Engram? I think I'd rather a Hooper. Ingram is like, doesn't he? We're going to get into Ingram in a little right. bit. I yeah. agree with you there. We'll tell the listeners why shortly. Here's an interesting one. Austin Hooper or Tyler Higby?
1: Um, uh, man, I'll take, I'll take Hooper. Higby's got those other three receivers to contend with. If they and, keep Cooks. And Everett still. Right. Um, and he had a really small sample size, too. But that's a tough one because he really did look super, right. super good.
0: at the end of last season, yeah, he man. He was just crushing it.
1: He really was. I mean, I don't know. I go back and forth on
0: that one. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to give that a, kind of a push. How many guests – I would lean – it's very close for me. I would lean Hooper as well. Um, how many guests did we have on after the season ended where we're talking about, hey, what was your lineup like? Who, who did yeah, you have? Well,
1: it seems like all the champions. Higby
0: was like the, the second flex. You know, They, they had like Waller or, or some other tie to Kelsey or somebody, and then, that, then Higby was the second flex. Um, and then the other one, another free agent, unrestricted free agent, we know where he's going this year, Hunter Henry.
1: Yeah, I like Henry's. I like his skill. You like Henry actually. over Hooper? I do actually. I like Henry's skill set.
0: I know he's had some injury issues, but for some reason, I just think Henry's is going to be better. I uh, I still would say Hooper, but it is close for me as well. Uh, Two packer chiming in. Tyler Higby was given a Sheeple ranking when they came out on January seventeenth. So now remind me, is the she- is Sheeple bad or is it good? Is it non? Sheeple is bad.
1: So, non sheeple is good, and sheeple, I mean, right, But part there's the not
0: sheeple. sheeple. There's four S's, and he's going to put them in the chat here shortly. I always forget them. There's like sheeple, sexy, um, and then I can't remember the other two. Like, stupid might have been one of them. I can't remember. He'll post them in there. Tupac will post them in there shortly. Oh, great. And, and we'll find Wonderful. out what it is. All right, let's move on. Blast from the past here, Dave. <laughs> I do like the rankings idea there. Yeah, That's I do good. too. <laughs> Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says he has thought about re signing Des Bryant. Quote, I've thought a lot about it in the shower. Not sure what to make of that. (laughs) Dallas Morning News' Michael Gelkin took it as a serious statement, and the Cowboys have not dismissed the prospect out of hand. He is 31 years old. He did not play last year after he blew out his Achilles at the end of 2018 with the Saints. Now, this is interesting because you have Michael Gallup as the up-and-comer there in Dallas. Mari Cooper is a free agent. I guess question one, do you expect the Cowboys to get things done with Amari Cooper? Uh. Yes, I do. Okay, and Cooper right now, people are paying a premium for him. He's Well, maybe not a premium, actually. He's going at wide receiver 11 at the 310 right now, right behind D.J. Moore and Odell Beckham, but ahead of Allen Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster. I guess I can get on board with that. That seems about right. I don't think that's, that's – I guess I would take Cooper probably over Beckham at this point. I don't think I could make a good case for taking Beckham over him.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, if Beckham's healthy and Baker's getting better, I guess you could make the argument that and that, that Cooper could go to a bad team. But it's a, uh, you know, it's there's some
0: downside and upside to both of them. Um, speaking of downside, you're in a 28 round best ball with the FFPC. Des Bryant's still out there. Can you make a case for drafting him? Sure, 28th round. You really? You would? You can I,
1: make a case for anybody. I still don't think I would.
0: I I take some some this. This is such a um, a young man's game, and I, I'd be I'd be taking a rookie flyer at take, that point. Um, By the way, there, it's Sheeple, Sexy, Stone, and Sure are the are the four so, levels. So okay, so I thought Sheeple is bad. Sheeple is bad. So what's good? He, I don't think he put them in order. Sexy is Who good. Who didn't put them in order? Sexy is good. Stone is bad, and Sure is like okay. I'll take as as he put it, so, late round flyer with upside so so okay, or Sure is okay. What's worse, Sheeple or Stone? I don't know. I would assume Sheeple's Mario, probably are your weren't.
1: rankings are ridiculous. You know,
0: <laughs> put them in order or something. I think Sheeple's the worst, and then it's Stone, and then it's Sure, and then it's Sexy. I think that's how it goes. Sheesh. <laughs> nice. All right, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, you're going to ask me a question about – I uh, said Des Bryant in the 28th. There's some kicker. Uh, his name is Blanken something or other. Okay. Oh, Rod Blankenship. Yeah. No, that's Would you take Rod,
1: no, that's, that's nice. you take Rod Blankenship Hold over on. Des Bryant in the 28th round?
0: I don't think that's his name. Well, it's, who gives a, it's Blankenship.
1: Who gives a – Shut, shut uh, how many
0: kickers do I have at this? At have this three. point, you He's your fourth guy, but he's gonna get drafted. He's like the <laughs> only guy can draft. Him. I would take Des Bryant then. <laughs> Rodrigo. So it was Rod. Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, uh, whatever. Have you seen this guy, Dave? He uh, wears I, like I these real thick glasses I when never, he I kicks.
1: Never, yeah, I didn't see that part. But oh, yeah. he's
0: got a leg. I'm
1: he, sure he does. That's cool. He's
0: got what he lacks <laughs> in eyesight. He has in legs. leg Why is he wearing thick
1: glasses? He's I got, think because like, his eyesight's bad. Blue blockers, or maybe he's
0: just trying to look cool. No, they're clear. Like they're, they're they're like rec specs almost. They he wears maybe them under his protecting helmet. Protecting
1: against like the coronavirus because you know you can get
0: the eye infection. That,
1: that's so you fine. You put the pad on the face and you, you got to get the eye shields too.
0: He's worn them for years though. Oh. That's that's my point. Well, maybe, maybe just the regular flu. Maybe the flu. It's fighting off the flu. <laughs> hey, we got Brian Harris coming up here in just one minute. I want to get to uh, one other quick thing. Yeah, let's just do one of these. Henry Ruggs, Alabama uh, wide receiver, ran the forty in four point two seven seconds at the scouting combine, according to Adam Schefter on Twitter. Uh, Ruggs, obviously, everybody is seeing if he could break John Ross's record. He came .05 seconds short of that. 5'11", 188, and run a, a, ran a sub 130, uh, sub 430, 40, which is obviously really good. Dave, this is a guy that is being talked about as a top three receiver. In the draft, here's my problem. Jared Smola was actually talking on Twitter about this. He no, kind of got man. called out for it. I'm glad to hear this. Let's I'm hear. a little nervous, and and Smola said, I besides speed, he doesn't know what Henry Ruggs does well. And then you know people chimed in on that or whatever. I'm, I'm not with him that I don't think he does anything well. This is a guy I actually paid attention to a lot because he was originally committed to Florida State, and then he eschewed them for Alabama, which was really frustrating. Certainly the better decision for him. But um, I'm a little – I always get nervous because certainly there are guys who have speed as a great value, a great asset, and they turn out to be great pros. But I guess I'm a little bit nervous about a guy whose main quality is speed, and you're talking about taking him within the top 15 picks of the draft. I don't know if you've followed Henry Ruggs or know a whole lot about him right now, but just sort of that philosophy – of a guy who's always oh, really, really fast. Well, that doesn't always work out in the NFL if if that's the one thing you do really good. Yeah, I mean, his production seems to be lacking. I, I don't
1: have the rest of the team stats, but if I had to guess, I'm looking at market shares that are just probably well below where, where we'd be looking at at players. Uh, and when you're really hyping them up, you want a high market share, and it just doesn't seem to me. I mean, 741 yards receiving in 2018, 746 in 2019, on only 46 and 40 receptions respectively that those numbers, unless they only threw for like two thousand twenty one hundred yards, in Alabama they 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 did didn't. not, yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I I think that those
1: numbers just aren't good enough.
0: Now, what if I told you that the the two other guys that he played at that were with him on that team at wideout was Jerry Judy, who's going to be a top ten, maybe a top five overall pick, and Devontae Robinson, who stayed in the he came back for for another year at Alabama. But who many people thought would be a first-round pick this year. They could add three first-round receivers. Does that give you a little bit more? A little bit, but I mean, you know, when you had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, they both produced quite
1: well, and they, so yeah. that wasn't an issue with those guys at LSU. Uh, so, but nevertheless, I mean, it is true. I mean, if they, when you have when you have so many stars like that team does, I mean, it it, it does limit your prospects sometimes. It
0: does. It does. And and we'll uh, we'll and maybe get the team didn't. Maybe the team just sent them on bombs all the time. I mean, all... oh, I'm sure they did. Well, you know, what they did really well is, is um, you know, he's got, well. I, I, I'm sure their
1: running backs were great, too, of course. Right, right? everybody yeah. was great. Everybody yeah. was great.
0: We'll get into, we'll get into that uh, as we get our dynasty analysis going on. I want to get some best ball analysis and bring in uh, tonight's guest. He's won more than $100,000 lifetime and season-long fantasy football prizes, including, including excuse me, Finishing third this past year and twelfth in twenty eighteen overall in national main event competitions. He is a self-proclaimed FFPC best ball addict and runs the Paper Champs High Stakes franchise. Please welcome into the show Mr. Brian Harris. Brian, welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, man.
2: Hi, how's it going, guys?
0: It awesome. is going. It's me? going very good. I, <laughs> yes, you're coming through great. Brian, do you um, do you watch the Scouting combine at all very much?
2: You know, I, I have in the past, and I, I overwhelm myself with that stuff sometimes. So this year I said I'm not going to dive into it as much uh, as, as I have in the past just to give myself a little bit of a break. Uh, I, I'll, I'll definitely analyze everything as, as it gets closer to the draft and, and see where people go.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you. It's it's just it's too much information. I get overwhelmed by it too. It's it's, it's information overload. Uh, speaking of which, before we get to fantasy football, information overload. Brian, can you tell the listeners what you do for a living when you're not winning hundreds of thousands of dollars with the FFPC?
2: Um, well, you know, I, I I'm a business owner of a, of a few different businesses, uh, and, and the main one that I have is it's a temporary staffing agency. We have like you know, around four hundred employees or so. So I'm, I'm I'm pretty busy with those with those things. Um, also, I have a franchise of a United Check Cashing. If you've ever heard of that or not, but it's a it's a check cashing franchise. It's just a, few, a bunch of bunch of you know business type stuff. That's all. Nothing
0: nothing uh, too crazy. So you're hustling in business and you're hustling in fantasy football. God bless. <laughs> That's trying, good I'm stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> so hey, so so far, Brian, you've drafted nine teams uh, this season. Uh, is there anything that stood out to you? You know, Balky and I, we, we don't, you know, we don't know what we're doing. So we always like to get advice from people like yourself who are actually playing to help us uh, in the future.
2: Uh, I, I think some of the things that stand out for me really just are like, you know, the, the Lamar Jackson hype train, you know, him going, you know, in the first and second rounds. And, um, you know, obviously with the, with the history behind, you know, the big season quarterback and the follow-up season, usually not, not being as good. Um I, I I'm, you know, I, I could see where people are are taking them there, but I, I just couldn't do it. And uh, you know, the temptation's there, but taking a quarterback that early in these drafts just just eats away at the strength of your team's core position. So, especially in basketball, I, I'm I've, I've also seen way too many rookies. I think, in my opinion, going going early right now. Right now.
1: Yeah, people are taking flyers on all right. the rookies,
0: huh?
2: Brian, do you? Because you've you've done a ton of best
0: balls over the years. Typically, do you normally see that at this type the time of year where the rookies are going way too high, or does this year it seem like they're going even higher?
2: Um, maybe I'm I'm putting more of an emphasis on me not trying to do that, so maybe that's why it's noticeable to me. And I probably have done that in the past, but every year I just keep trying to work at, at trying to get better. And I know that 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 taking some of these. Some of these rookies uh, early right now, I should say, is, is probably you know it's a, it's a gamble. So I'm trying to get less riskier here as I get older.
0: <laughs> so so oh, you're maturing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that that's what it's all about. Take less risks, and, and you all got to grow up sometimes. That's right. We'll Good get for there you. Yes, yeah. Brian. So we know that you're you're not going as crazy for rookies as as maybe uh, some of your other fellow drafters. Uh, Are you you taking that same approach? You know, we were talking about guys like Austin Hooper earlier where we don't know where they're going to end up. Do you take the same approach with free agents? Because with these guys, you kind of know what they can do, but you don't necessarily know what their new role, their new offense, their new coaches are going to be doing. So do you fade free agents a little bit too?
2: Well, right now I don't necessarily fade the free agents, but I kind of – I I don't – talk. Target or hone in on certain players right now. Uh, I'll kind of uh, just mix mix them up a little bit right now until I get a more definitive thing of, of, of what's going to happen and how things shake out after free agency and the NFL draft. When I really start to try to target on specific players that I want, uh, right now I, I will sh- I will shuffle them. I'll play I'll play the game, um, but I will I will tend to take people that are free agents with with a with a, a background,
1: a history right now over those rookies. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I mean, it, you know, they're proven players. And uh, speaking of proven players, you took David Johnson at 7 one in a recent best ball draft. And the team actually, you know, there was some rumor for a short while about him possibly becoming a free agent if they were going to let him go or not. But he
0: still could be becoming uh, Yeah, it could happen, right?
1: Yeah. Um, so how, do you have any uh, opinion on how, do you, how that situation resolves itself in Arizona? Maybe he does get cut or traded. And Kenyon uh, Drake's a free agent there too as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, or they could draft one of these running backs.
2: Yeah, well, to be honest, I mean, that, that might have been a round or two early for him right now uh, in that seventh round, you know, considering where he's going. Uh, considering what is known, um, but but I know that I knew that the, the the quarterback runs in ball drafts right now typically start going around eight and nine, so I, I I needed a i well I felt that I needed a running back in that spot, so I took a share of him there as my third running back. Um, I figure that his, his contract does present a tough situation, you know, for the Cardinals. They'd obviously like to re-sign Drake as he definitely um, gained favor uh, favorability there It seems to fit what they're trying to do, but I'm, I'm not sure that uh, having that much money tied up at, at running back between him and Johnson is going to be possible. So uh, something's got to give there. So either Drake signs elsewhere and, and, and Johnson becomes a de facto starter again with Chase Edmonds in the mix or, or somehow some way Johnson gets out of Arizona and has a whole new amount of fantasy opportunity in a much more appealing situation. And if that happens, he, he could potentially shoot back up, like probably into a couple earlier rounds, I'm sure. But uh, So, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was – Overall, too too much of a risk there, considering I think I already had McCaffrey or something in that draft. So I'm just trying to really fill that second running back spot up.
0: Well, if you already got McCaffrey at the 101, man, you just got to take, take picks like Johnson to give everybody else a chance, right? I mean, at that point, it's just <laughs> – You've got to be fair. Keep it fair, which you did. So congratulations on that. We're talking with Brian Harris here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, a career winner of over $100,000 in uh, best ball competitions, fantasy football, high stakes competitions as well, talking about some of the issues that are facing the early drafters like Brian in uh, in FFPC best balls right now. Evan Engram, let's talk about him a little bit here because there is a report that he obviously had his Liz Franck surgery a little over two months ago He's still reportedly in a walking boot. Um, Is it too early to start pushing him down draft boards uh, this season? And to give you a a little bit of an idea, well, you kind of know where he's going. You've done a lot of drafts already. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, 504, right between Hooper um, uh, and Tyler Higby right now. That's where Evan Engram is going. Do you think that he should be going a little bit further down given his health issues right now?
2: You know, I think I think I may have taken him once or twice so far, uh, but this obviously wasn't, you know, best ball in January, February. But now, now that those reports, you know, are that he's still not walking, but it doesn't it doesn't sound real promising, and, and he'll definitely be a, a fade for me going forward until I know a little bit more. I mean, one one thing I learned over the years in fantasy is that where there's smoke, there's fire. So so when you see these reports like that just come out somewhere that you know he's not you know not on schedule, not on track. I mean. You can't just put the blinders on. I think he'll be back at a certain time, or you know, these these um, list rank injuries—they're they're, they're pretty lengthy recovery period. So I'll definitely, you know, I'll put push him down, and uh, definitely, or, or avoid them altogether right now until until later on until I see if he actually starts practicing and training camp or anything like that. If he doesn't, if he doesn't do anything, I probably won't. I probably might not even touch him the rest of the way. It depends, though.
1: He's off my board, Balky. He's off. Seriously, or are you just saying that? I'm saying it unless my board
0: goes to the eighth or ninth round. Well, and, and that, exactly, on. and, and I just, sort of off my board. There's so many other tight ends that I like better. There, like I'd rather have Hooper. I'd rather have Higby, Hunter, Henry. Now you're getting in after that. It's like Jared Cook, Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant. Who'd you rather have, Noah Fant or Evan Engram, Dave? Well, you know, at this moment, it's
1: kind of close. I might take Fant actually. Again, you know, like like Brian said, I don't like taking injured guys at all.
2: Brian, would you take Fant over Engram right now? <sighs> that that's a tough call. <laughs> That is a tough call. I, I'll tell. I'll tell you what I, I would. It, you know, there's there's a tier of of tight ends that always come out of. Uh, I, I can't say like out of the woodwork, but for example, last year you had the Mark Andrews and the Darren Wallers that you could get a little later, in that in that mix, and the year before that it was Kittle. Um, so Fant could be one of those type of guys, but probably uh, even more so maybe Gasicki or Ian Thomas as well. Uh and just kind of skip the tight end there once you get to that tier and try to take one of those guys maybe a couple of rounds after that.
1: Yeah, and Jared Cook was coming on. I mean he, you didn't mention him bulky, but Jared Cook was coming on really well with the Saints later in the season. Yeah, he was indeed. And he gets Drew Brees back for a full year too. That's right. Uh Luckily or unluckily for the Rams receivers, they get Jared Goff again. Um, so you have Cooper That's lucky, Cooper, right? Cooper, eh, whatever. <laughs> well, they have the same coach with the uninnovative offense. But Cooper oh, Cox, boy. Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks possibly, possibly not. We don't know what his story is. Maybe he'll be on to his twelfth team in, you know, six seasons or whatever. Do you think it's a winning strategy though to stack the Rams receivers in best ball leagues? Uh
2: um, I have taken I think I've taken Cup and Cooks together, but I, I absolutely love Cooks this year or not Cooks, um, Cooper Cup this year. Another year off that ACL. I, I just really like his game. I think that that he's that he's going to even take another step. Uh, I wouldn't say that necessarily, you know, stacking Rams wide receiver right now is something I'm looking to do, but uh, I do love Cook and then Brandon Cook seems to be going at such a good value right now in ball that it's hard not to take him you know without hesitation and you know in rounds 11 or whatever it is right now whatever his ADP is but so I'll pretty much take him every time uh that late right now whether or not I have cup or, or or cup or woods uh so it doesn't really matter but uh if it happens it happens if not if, but it's definitely not a strategy that I'm, that I'm trying to to get because you know you're stacking these guys with with Jared Goff which is you know not good
0: Yeah, and we talked earlier, too, with uh, that. You know, Dave brought it up. There's the Tyler Higbee factor. There's the Gerald Everett factor as well. So it's not just necessarily those three receivers. It's fine if you want to do it. It could work out. Not sure it's a winning strategy. Like you said, Brian, if it happens, it happens. Um, Second wideout in Pittsburgh. We've had uh, several discussions about this ever since the season really was drawing to a close before it ended. Is it Deontay Johnson for you? I think that's the way FFPC owners have been going. Are uh, you still a believer in James Washington as being the number two to Juju Smith-Schuster, or do you think Pittsburgh brings somebody else in uh, to play opposite Smith-Schuster um, this season as Ben Roethlisberger returns to play quarterback there? How are you handicapping the second wideout position for the Steelers? Well, I think
2: that that Juju played a lot in the slot uh, with Ben, I think, but um, so these two guys could definitely could definitely play. I actually like them both. I like them best ball. A lot now. As far as like a redraft, I, I'd have to really sit down and think about that. But not this time. I really like I really like both of those guys in baseball. They do, They both pop games. They're both going to progress another year. Uh, the difference though is that right now uh, you can get a much better value on Washington because he's going I think somewhere in the 17th, 18th round. While while Deontay Johnson has an ADP of probably around 10 or 11 uh, round. So, but uh, Deontay Johnson he did his rookie season reminded me of um, something similar in my mind to like Cortland Sutton's rookie year and James Washington ended up having very similar numbers in the second year. So he has that third year wide receiver uh, label that everybody likes too. So um, those guys are definitely people that I'm targeting at their current ADPs. I'll take, I'll take both of them in a basketball and uh, draft and not necessarily, you know, who, I don't know who will end up being the number two, but uh, I'll, I'll draft both of those guys according, you know, according to value. However, however they may fall to me.
0: Hey, think about Dave. What they did last year with Mason Rudolph as quarterback, and now you get Roethlisberger, and 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 to to get those guys as late as they're going right now, that's not a bad way to do it. And even if you get Juju Smith Schuster early too.
1: I, just I, I, how many games did Mason Rudolph play before you got? When did you get conked out? You off, know what? Whatever? Hold on. You know what? I actually I, have I have that in front of I me. All I can think of is him getting. Getting hit in his face and this like his sourpuss face. <laughs> it's just like, it makes you think
0: he missed 14 I, through 16 last <laughs> I year.
1: Laugh at that guy. Anyway, it's this it from nice the getting, Miles Garrett guy, thing. Yeah, it's just nice getting uh getting Big Ben back, having like a you know a 280 competent. pound yeah no 280 pound ogre at quarterback. Did you I mean, see his sense, beard the by the nice way? About Big Ben, man, the they, guy. like this, and then he'll you know fracture his leg or whatever, and then he will
0: put a stick on it, and the next week he'll play. Right. Um,
1: anyway, I just enjoy big he, fun. They showed us the, the,
0: the Steelers tweeted out a video of him throwing at kind of like half speed or whatever. Yeah. He's got a big, huge beard. And, and I know that, um, uh, I, I know I brought this up on the show before I'll do it again. Sigmund Bloom was actually talking about quarterbacks on one of the football guys podcasts, And he said, you know, sometimes you need it. You know, we talk about cerebral quarterbacks and, and, you know, being able to beat, you know knowing what the defense is doing but sometimes you need a quarterback that's like a Ben Roethlisberger who's sort and this is how he phrases it he's like you need a quarterback like a Ben Roethlisberger who's sort of like a uh, you know, like you know, just like a a grunt out there who just gets it done. You know, yeah. not not that he's not cerebral; he's a smart guy. But you know what I mean? Just like the, an absolute brute out there, yeah. never goes down, keeps the play alive, and yeah. and and makes something throw, happen. He'll chuck it sixty times for like five hundred and fifty yards I mean, in
1: in a, in a shootout type game. He has like, two of those games a year, yeah, minimum. Now, well, granted, Antonio Brown's gone and and gone off the defense, so who knows what's going to happen? But I mean, I, I still think he's going to be all right. How, like as Brian was kind of alluding to Deontay Johnson or James Washington. Maybe they don't take all of Antonio Brown's right. you know, place, but as they mature, they are going to definitely start to really fill some of that. Room. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I'm totally with you all on right, that. Back.
1: You know, Brian, we're still, you're still here, right? We're just, otherwise, we're just going to talk. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. We just you know, get off on these tangents. Anyway, so here's the question. Miles Sanders has been going off at the 206 as the 11th running back off the board. Lots of early running backs going in FFPC best ball. Uh, You've been taking Miles Sanders in that mid-second, or are you looking at a wide receiver sometimes in that range? Uh,
2: I have taken him. Uh, I think I've taken him after the 2-6, um, which I think was probably pretty good value. But, um, yeah, he's going earlier and earlier, it seems, and now he's creeping up in the early second. You know, there, there are a lot of running backs in that, in that second round that I do like. Uh, so I've been just, for now, until things shake out, I've been – you know, rotating those second-round backs a bit. And there are a bunch of good ones like Jacobs and uh, Eckler, Fournette, Sanders as well, you know, included. But um, until later in the season, you know, I really start to develop my targets and my fades. Um, but Sanders, he is he is a great talent, though, and is, is going to start sneaking sneak his way up definitely, you know, more towards the end of the first round as the season comes closer, I'm pretty sure. But uh, one thing to mention is that, you know, we're talking about basketball is that it's still possible the Eagles continue using um, – Boston Scott a little bit, like they did down the stretch in that Darren Sproles role, which, uh, you know, it's kind of an inconsistent role, but, but for, you know, how good Sanders is in the pa- – you know, it's inconsistent because Sanders is going to be, you know, he's great in the passing game, but but he's a super cheap, you know, best ball option right now uh, to take a flyer on later, 13, 14, 15, round whatever it is. I, I think he's, you know, especially maybe – some I, I might have even – him up with Miles Sanders in a best ball, which I try not to do too much in best ball. Um, you know, it's because of the buys and the things like that. So, but yeah, uh, Sanders, definitely talented and he's, he 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 could be a league winner. He could be one of those guys that that, that turns into a, a league winner this year and, you know, next year we're talking about drafting him you know, in the top half of the first round maybe. Who knows?
0: Brian, I, sh- I should ask you this earlier because you will draft best balls no matter the time in drafting season. Why do you like to draft right now in january in february you know we're coming up on march now is it because you can find a lot of pretty good value in these drafts have you had some success drafting this early or is it just like man i don't have any nfl football going on right now i got to get my football fixed why not do a draft why do you what what's the attraction of drafting right now
2: well it's kind of a mix of both i think i'm 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 sick in the head with this drafting. I really am, and I and I have to force myself not to draft. That's that's how bad it is. But um, uh, I do get, I end up do getting some good values uh, this time of the year, though. So it does go hand in hand. But uh, like last year, I believe at this time before the NFL Combine, I think I was getting Miles Sanders that we just spoke about in you know round twenty, twenty one, eighteen, nineteen. I was just you know I like this talent, and and sometimes you know you, you draft these these rookies and things like that early based upon their skill set, but you don't really know, uh, you know, what their opportunity is going to be. Like, you know, are they going to land on a team with uh, uh, Adam Gase and and not play, you know, even though he might be the best player of the position. So there's a lot of things, you know, especially with the rookies, like I said, uh, and their opportunity, but you can get those steals, you know, and then all of a sudden you see Miles Center start to go and the, you know, Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. Once it gets closer to the season last year, uh, so I, I mean, I, I think that it is to get some value. But for the most part, I'm just, I'm just, I'm always trying to be competitive at something. I'm always trying to be better. I'm always analyzing, probably over analyzing, and uh, I'm just, I'm just addicted to, to drafting.
0: The uh, message from the chat room here: the mascot of the show, Two Packer, wants to know. Uh, Kenny Galladay going at the two-three turn. He is going at the <laughs> three-zero-four officially right now. Brian, is that a spot? You is the eighth receiver off the board. I should bring that up. As the eighth receiver off the board at the three-zero-four, is that a good spot for him? Yeah, Two Packer likes to talk Kenny Galladay. <laughs> he I yeah, hear you guys are good, good Twitter friends about Kenny Galladay. Well, you don't have Twitter friends with him. Kenny Galladay is the mascot of Two Packer. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Yeah,
2: I know. You know, Kenny Galladay won a one no matter what. right like, or you know somewhere in the yeah, top five all, no, right. matter, no matter what. <laughs> so no, no, I'm kidding. But no, last year, like, you know, speaking of Kenny Galladay, he he's a guy that like last year I I had um, on 42 percent of my FFPC teams uh, that I was taking So I was pretty high on him last year. I thought I was getting him at a good at a good price. So I um you know uh but uh so but yeah. Too, <laughs> that's funny. That's good market share. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm no. glad,
1: glad you guys got to work that out.
2: Oh, thrilled. This is what we do.
1: <laughs> we're,
0: we're Switzerland on this show, bringing people together um, or something like that. Let's go to the emails here for you, Brian, that came in. First is from Lee in Manhattan. He writes, is now the time to draft Le'Veon Bell coming off one of the worst seasons of his career? Uh, Le'Veon Bell going in FFPC best balls right now. He's fallen to the 309. He is going as the 17th running back off the board. Wow, Dave. I'm just going to bring this up. Running backs, fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen this year. Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. How the mighty have fallen. All guys who are going uh, in the first round within the last two years. Well, Gordon took half the year off. Almost. That is true. Yeah, but uh, specifically about Bell here, Brian. At the three oh nine, is is that a buying opportunity for Bell there, or would you still pass on him? Uh I don't know.
2: I don't. I don't like Adam Gates. I don't like that. I don't like the situation. I just um Levian Bell's a tough tough call for me. I, I would just I'm shying away from him. I think it could burn me, he could, you know, balance I think that when he was in Pittsburgh he had a he had a superior, you know, offensive line at all times. That scheme was just really good for his running style. And he did he did produce he didn't give anybody those monster games, though, that you needed to win. He was like like that, I'll get you that 15 every week or that 14 or whatever it was. I don't know. But uh, I I, I don't see the upside there with him anymore. I'd much rather take Melvin Gordon, uh, even not even knowing where he's going right now, because if he goes somewhere, it's going to be somewhere. I think he's definitely going to have a heck of a lot of opportunity. So a full season of Melvin Gordon for a guy who is also, you know, going – in the the end of the first round when he was, you know, not a holdout or not whatever. So, um yeah, I would I would I'm not I'm not gonna go near Le'Veon Bell that much unless the value is just too much for me not to pass on him.
1: But just to show you how, how much uh, Brian knows about Le'Veon Bell scoring last year, he averaged 14.46 points a game. So right dialed between in, 14 and 15, absolutely nice. dialed
0: in. Yeah, this, well, this is we we bring the heavy hitters on the show, Dave. We don't we don't have the uh, the wusses. We don't have we we bring in the the real. Uh, uh, and speaking of the real, we have another real question for you from Randy in Chicago here, Brian. He writes, "Are you bouncing off of Alshon Jeffrey? I'm not really seeing much upside in drafting him." Where he's going in FFPC drafts, and to illuminate the. By the way, thanks for the emails, both Lee and uh, Randy on this one. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey in uh, in FFPC best balls 1508 right now. I mean that's super low. Wide receiver 59. I I just I I look at that. It's like man, why not at that point? But given what his production's been, um, you know, over the last year, year and a half. Maybe that's why he is going that late. What about you, Brian? Are, are you getting on board with Alshon Jeffrey at that point?
2: Uh, you know what? He's he's one of those guys that's always there at that time. And I look at it and I go, nah, it's it's the list, Frank. I think that that's bothered me again with him. I'm pretty sure if that's if I'm not mistaken, uh, as far as uh, the injuries with with him go. And I just, yeah, I, he's another guy. I, I if he goes if he's healthy. And he's on another team or a different situation, maybe. Even though you know Philly's not a bad spot from the BN, but something to spark him, like you know, like that that pretty good season he had in Chicago or something. But uh, yeah, I'm not. It, I, I I was never an Alshon Jeffrey fan. Uh, I don't know that's bad to say. I mean, I should be a fan of anybody that could produce on my team, um, as long as it makes sense. And you know, but um, no, I'm, I'm, he's a guy I'm also probably. I'm not. i um, I may have taken them once, you know, just uh, to diversify. Maybe in these nine or ten drafts I've done so far, but that's that's about it. And, and it was definitely at a discount for sure.
0: Yeah. The the latest update we got from uh, Alshon Jeffrey from the Philadelphia Inquirer and Daily News. Howie Roseman this past Tuesday did not speak about Alshon Jeffrey's uh, health or his future with the team. The quote uh, we're getting there from Roseman. Those are things that we're going to keep in-house and we'll have honest conversations with all of our players. We're not going to get into timetables on injuries, but when you talk about Alshon, the most important thing for Alshon is getting him healthy as quickly as possible. You're right. It was a Liz Frank surgery, 30 years old, man. I I, I don't, I'm not seeing the upside there. Uh, You know, 15th round, I get it. You want to diversify, like you said, here and there, that's cool, but I don't think he's going to be winning anybody, any drafts this year. Dave, are you on board with that? Yeah, I mean, it, it
1: does make sense. How, having said that, he is technically, I mean, you know, you could argue Zach Ertz is number one target, but he was technically the number one receiver on an NFL team. And uh, Alex was always a, a proponent of that. The he, prognosticator. Yeah, he would always, you know, he was, he'd say, oh, I got a, a number one receiver on an NFL team in the 11th round, which, uh, you
0: know, there's something to be said for that. There is, yeah. And, and he's number one for now. Well, this is such a deep, Crop of uh, – not crop, I don't want to say that. Well, go such ahead. A deep go class ahead,
1: but I have a comment after whatever you're
0: about to say. Deep class of receivers this year. Maybe Philly takes one or two and, and, and it changes. And, and I, I think and, I said
1: – And a rookie never becomes – almost never becomes the number one receiver over a veteran.
0: So all, He almost never does. But go ahead. But this <laughs> is a 30-year-old dealing with Liz Frank. So I, I, I think we're, we're not exactly speaking apples to apples. Maybe we're speaking Washington's to Honey Crisps um, in a best-case scenario. I just look at it from the standpoint of, of, again, this is a young man's game, and it's very difficult once you get into your 30s to keep competing at, at a high level. And when you've dealt with the injuries that Alshon Jeffries dealt with over the course of his career, there's a lot of red flags there. That said, I mean, 15th he could, round.
1: He, he could still get even cut possibly, right? Or no?
0: Yeah, it's pos- yeah. well, he said, Alshon Jeffries said that he's amenable to a change of scenery, so he could land somewhere else too. Yeah. And, and if he lands somewhere else, maybe he's not the number one. Maybe he is. I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, I
1: guess when, it's know, the like game we play. Dealing with that injury, you're right. That's
0: a good point. It's tough. All right, Dave, um, we, uh, Brian's been very gracious uh, tonight with his time. Can we ask him one final question before we let him go uh, and enjoy his weekend here? All right, this is what we need. If you could please help us out.
1: We're looking for someone who is being overdrafted in FFPC Best Ball League so far and then someone who's been a favorite target of yours in the middle to late rounds in uh, 2020.
2: Well, as I mentioned earlier, I think I think you know the Lamar Jackson is going way too early for my liking, um, and Mahomes for that matter as well. Those guys are going way too early. I mean, I'd like to have some shares of those guys, but they're just too too expensive right now. And uh, the rookie running backs, I think you know that are going as high as the third round right now. Uh, I know obviously there's some there's some potential diamonds out there with the Swift and those guys and things like that, but I, you never know what their situation is going to be after the draft. You know, you could be a, the, the most talented player. And then you get in a situation where you're, you're, you're in a committee or you don't, you know, you don't really see regular play until late in the season. So that really doesn't help you. I mean, I was a victim of, of some of that stuff. I mean, the, um, uh, especially last year, like for example, I'll take an, even it was late, i a Darwin Thompson or something like that, because he looked, you know, he passed the eye test, but couldn't get on the field. Um, mm-hmm. But you know I'd like to uh but as far as uh, some of the targets uh of mine other other than those that I mentioned already, but uh, I'm really trying to find players that are going to outperform their value, you know that uh, I don't know who all of them are you know yet for for this year, you know it's kind of early uh, those things kind of develop for me, but um last year, like I said earlier i took um I took Gallaudet, you know I took him a little bit later and I had quite a bit of him um, this year at, at receiver. I think like a late round guy uh, later, obviously later than Kenny Galladay was going last year, but like uh, Hunter Renfro is a guy that I, who I see as like a, you know, a poor man's Cooper cup. I think he has super potential. If you look at even like the last couple of games that he played in last year, I really liked his stuff. Uh, Dave's guy, Andy Isabella might, might, might come to surface. Maybe he's a real guy. You can get super late, definitely in basketball. He's going to pop some, some big ones. I think this year, um, tight end, you know, last year I was, I was, I was huge on like Mark Andrews. I had him in 43% of my FFPC leagues when I looked it up. Um, but this year, like I said, though, that guy, those guys I like, you know, the Kasiki or Ian Thomas, those guys that take a shot on, uh, for, for that guy. Some, you know, as far as tight end, you could get later. Um, what else? And running back, uh, I think, you know, in the mid rounds, uh, I like those non-starters, you know, mid to, you know, middle round set that, that those non-starters that can be special. Like, instead of taking some dud running back starter, like, uh, you know, whoever's the starter in Houston, for example, or something at the time. Like, when it was Lamar Miller, I never liked him. Or, or let's say if it was Carl or whatever. I'd, I'd always pass on those guys or try to you know, take an upside guy like, um, <clears throat> you know, Alexander Madison or you know, Tony Pollard this year. Those two kind of guys I, I like. Um, and a quarterback, uh, I would say. You know, I I try to take a steadier option and then I also take like a sexier option with that, usually in these drafts. Well most of all my drafts actually I try I try to do that. Um like last year if I was, you know, taking uh you know, a, um I don't know, an Aaron Rodgers or something, I'd also take like a Josh Allen or somebody somebody with some upside on the other side. Um this year I would say that that upside guy, I don't know if I don't know if it's him or not, but I've been taking a lot of uh daniel jones so I, i've been taking him as my second or third you know best ball quarterback in almost all these drafts i've done so far really almost all of them uh uh so hopefully he works out i like the, the idea that he pops some pretty big games as a rookie so for best ball that that's pretty promising uh that's that's pretty much it but you know things are constantly changing and I'm always making adjustments and i'm just trying to trying to get better uh you know every year and it's a tough game and uh but uh but it's it's, it's my passion and I'm just going to keep uh, keep chugging along until I uh, until I win all the money. <laughs> the, the challenge, all the, money. the
0: challenge is what makes it enjoyable. The the all the money is the prize at the end of the road. And Brian, I want to thank you so much for popping on tonight. Uh, appreciate all the insight that you've given us. Uh, wish you best of luck in all your best ball leagues, all your leagues this year as well. Continued success, my man. Uh, and uh, I know you got a best ball slim going on right now, so I'll let you check out what's going on in that. <laughs> yeah, and my, let you get back my to first, the combine. Uh, trial
2: on the swim there.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, are you enjoying it so far?
2: Yeah, it, it it is it is pretty interesting. Uh, you know, the idea of not, of not only uh, not drafting the kickers or defenses, but also having four fewer roster spots um, <clears throat> after the after I usually take say three kickers three defense and whatnot if I if I did that uh, then I would, you know then so you really I really be going from twenty two to eighteen roster spots so that is a little bit more challenging figuring at this time of year I definitely like taking three quarterbacks in best ball at this time of year because you don't know the the schedule yet for for. uh for the NFL, so you don't want to be, you know, have two just draft two quarterbacks right now and get stuck with the same buy. So I try to take three at this point in time, and you know, later on in the season I, I could go two, but sometimes I still end up taking three. But in this draft, you know, you almost have to go with two and just gamble. It's kind of early for that, so it's a little strategic, a uh, little, little something different, but but not too much different. But uh, but I am enjoying it so far. Um, when these are go live, I don't know if they're live yet, but um, as far as instead of slow it'll be a pretty quick draft to do because I know sometimes i you know I get tired at the end of these drafts when I gotta get up in the morning but uh but it's uh it's always fun
0: <laughs> it is always fun and it's always fun talking fantasy football, especially when you have a luminary like Brian Harris coming on follow him on Twitter at brian underscore Harris underscore thanks so much for popping on tonight, dude. really appreciate it. Good luck this season enjoy the draft, and we'll talk again soon.
2: righty, take care guys thanks.
0: Brian, Brian Harris, ladies and gentlemen, a career $100,000 winner in the FFPC best ball uh, format as well as all high-stakes fantasy football. We want to get to how the quarterbacks finished in 2019 and, and take a look at uh, the position in 2020. Dave, before we do that, Wasp guy checking in tonight. He wants to know, what do we do with running backs Kenyon Drake and Raheem Mostert in Dynasty? Draft pick equivalents to them as a metric? What What would you do? Well, okay, so let's frame it like this. Let's break it down by... To me, they're both worth, like, early second. That's. Just, I have Raheem Mostert and Carrington. Do you have an early second round pick there? Because I would... Nope. That's eh, too bad. Sure don't. I've been trying to pedal him, and nobody's, nobody's biting. It's like I'm fishing with an apple core. It's... It's it's not good. It's you know it is it's tough when they're free agents
1: and and then you have semi inactive owners so you have like six guys or right. like four four guys that are paying attention yeah and then two of those guys probably don't have the picks you, you know you the, want
0: the problem is as we get closer to the NFL draft the picks become more valuable and then it's you know right. what I mean yep. um, and and the issue is too Dave in that league I am so running back as as David Hubbard would say naked. And so I really need, you know, a a player of his ilk to perform. Why don't you just keep him then? Well, because I don't know if he's going to do it again in 2020. His value might be as high as it's it's going to get right now. Yeah, I mean, while that is true, I mean, for the purposes of your team winning, what good is like a
1: 30% chance of a, well, 40% chance of a second rounder hitting versus a, you know, 50, 40, I mean, 40% chance that he, I mean, maybe he ends up I think the running I, back – he's an right. older running back, as I, you said. I
0: guess for you for, – for I think you
1: – He's just like high 20, like 27, 28 already?
0: Yeah, he's, he's up there. He, he might even be older.
1: Um,
0: I guess my issue is I, I think the, the disconnect we have is is you feel his percentage of hitting in 2020 is higher than what I think his percentage of, is of hitting. Well, if, I mean, if you although, to, although we value the second-round pick. Similarly, I mean, as
1: yeah, if he hits in 2020, odds are he's going to just be a successful running back for the next
0: few years. If he hits in 2020, then I should not trade him, obviously. I just don't know if he's going to hit. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's part of the, that's part of the dynasty uh challenge, challenge, Dave. Out. I
1: mean, then uh, yeah, good luck,
0: Kenyon Drake. Uh, we don't know where he's going to be playing, and you still give up a second early second round pick for him?
1: Uh, yeah, early to mid, yeah.
0: No, now it's to mid. Well, I'm, you know, early, I mean, you said, what's he worth? He's worth it early. Yeah, I guess early to mid. Um, Tupac says he's going to start charging me interest on his Carrington winnings. I didn't, wh- when did you say how you wanted him? I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to mail a check or PayPal or what I'm supposed to do. I don't even know if he's paid for this year, by the way. I have no idea what he's talking about there. Well, I thought, Did you ask him what he wanted? I said, when I totaled up the, the winnings every year at, at the season, I said, let me know how I can get your money to you. Oh, and I've, I've paid out our coal burners and I paid out Anarchy, and I don't know who else I need to pay out yet. No, not me. Really? I think you're paid for this year. Oh, no, you're partially paid, I think. I don't know if I am or not, but I, I don't need to you get paid. You had the high out. score of the year, I know that. So, so you ended up getting that. It's so well, whatever. It's stupid. Sucks. Hey, speaking of stupid, Dave, let's talk about the 2019 quarterback results. All right, so you right have here. you have the list in front of you. I don't know if you saw that. It's um, yeah, there's uh, eight names on. No, 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 no. There's a sheet behind that. The sheet oh. that you have on oh, yeah. that's that's everybody. So, but right, the names yet. the names on your list are the names I wanted to focus on for the next seven minutes here. All right, so this is how the quarterbacks finished in 2019. We're not going to talk about every player, but I wanted to center on a few. All right. righty. Jameis Winston finishes at number two, the number two quarterback last year, Dave and Tampa Bay doesn't even know if they want him as their guy. Um, We saw tonight, apparently, he not only played through a broken thumb, not only had to have eye surgery, but he also played through a torn meniscus last year, this all the while throwing to O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and more. Now, you look at Jameis Winston for Tampa Bay this year and how FFPC players are, are treating him. Sir Jameis is going at the 808 as the QB8. To me... The risk is worth the reward there, and I think I'd be on board with taking Jameis Winston there. Yeah, it's worth a shot. He's going to be starting somewhere, for God's sake. And and throwing the ball all over the field. That's what's so great about him and Arians together, as they both yeah. love to do that.
1: He might, you know, that LASIK actually might really make a difference. I mean, uh, if he had, like, let's say 20, 80 vision or something, he might actually throw fewer picks. I mean, talk about regression. I mean, he threw so many interceptions that I'm actually, I actually think he's going to regress to the mean of just throwing a few interceptions. Usually it's all, people are always talking about it when going right. from great stat to mediocre stat. Well, how can I, you can't you go from a sucky stat to a mediocre you stat? You absolutely can So I think that's one thing. He's going to regress back to being mediocre and you know, slightly worse than average, or maybe a little bit worse than average, than, instead of just
0: being the most god-awful intercepting <laughs> throwing quarterback on the planet. Well, to that end, Dave, if he does regress back on interceptions, he's probably taking fewer chances. And if he's taking fewer chances, he was either number one or number two in the league in passing yardage. You'd think that's going to come down. He was number two in the league in touchdowns. That would probably come down. So while you're right, he's probably going to regress in interceptions. He might regress on those other counting stats as well. I guess, I mean. But in the eighth round, worth the risk is what we're saying. That's a, yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. You're agreeing with me. Moving on, Dak Prescott number four this year. What a season he had last year. Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, both over 1,100 yards receiving. We'll see what happens with Jason Witten. Ezekiel Elliott was catching everything under the sun last year, and you look at how FFPC owners are treating him this year. It's a little bit different than last year, Dave, as he is now going as QB6 at the 7-11. I don't think I'm taking him there, especially given that you know, we don't really know what his contract situation is. I guess worst-case scenario, they franchise him, and he's still a Cowboys guy uh, this, uh, this um, uh, coming year. But I don't know if I want to soak a seventh-round pick in a Dak Prescott. Well, I, I think it's highly unlikely
1: that he goes anywhere. I mean, his points weren't that far off of Jameis's, And his draft position is not much, you know, further off than Jameis'. He's a little bit more, he's a safer pick. Never been injured. The team actually still wants him, supposedly. They just have to figure out the, the dollar amount. And, they, and Gallup's locked in. Is Witten back? I assume Witten. They don't back. know yet. They, okay. they're, they're in talks. Yeah, and Elliott's there. So I mean, you have a really and, and the offensive line's good. So you have a pretty elite. You know, the organization you know is a is a good organization. I thought the offense will be good. So I don't mind. I don't really mind Prescott that much in that spot. Although, again, you know, it's a tad early for me to
0: be taking a quarterback right when you get up to right. the right. But I said last year Josh Allen would be on a lot of my fantasy teams, and damn it, he was, and I loved it. The problem was I paired him with Lamar Jackson a lot, and I didn't really get to enjoy the benefits of Josh Allen because I was always playing Lamar Jackson. This year, Dave, he's going right behind Dak Prescott. Can you believe it? QB seven at the 802. I, I just I feel like with Allen, oh, maybe maybe I'm wrong here. Tell me I'm wrong if I am. But is the value in Josh Allen dissipated a little bit when you're using an early eighth round pick in a getting him on your squad, or is he still worth it there? QB seven is where he's going, and he finished QB six last year. And you got to believe Buffalo is going to bring in some more weapons for him.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, you know, he was very consistent. I mean, with those, with the rushing yards, I mean, he, he was good. I mean, it's hard for me to argue against Josh Allen. He, this is only his third year coming up. So he should be again, a little bit better. And I regret about the weapons. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Josh Allen in that spot. I really, you know, it's weird. I'm approving of all these picks.
0: Um, I think it comes down to me and I'm going to wrap our, I, I, I have a statement that I am gonna make about all these quarterbacks when we get done. I want to move through this rapid fire style. Kyler Murray finished as QB 9 last year. He's going as QB 9 this year. Is I that... thought he was going as QB 4 this year as of not long ago. Oh, hold on. Let me look it up then. I mean, Maybe got, got it like wrong. Two, three, oh, six. no, you're right. You're, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. QB 4, 701. Too high?
1: Yes, I think that's too
0: high. Okay. Um, he's going behind. He's going right ahead. Okay, okay, let's do this, Dave. This will be fun. Jack Prescott. You would rather have Prescott? Yes. Would you rather have Russell Wilson? Going at roughly the same spot. Yeah, I'll have Russell Wilson. Josh uh, Josh Allen at the eight hundred two. Kyler Murray at the seven hundred
1: one. Uh, it's getting closer, but I, I, I'd probably you know I'd probably still take Josh
0: Allen. Would you skip taking Kyler Murray at the seven hundred one if you're going to take Jameis Winston at the 801? No, I would
1: take. I would rather have Murray. Okay, if, there we go. If,
0: if he's used a lot, because I mean he he's at the he's on the team. <laughs> he's on a team. Right. Uh, this guy won me a. I got five on it last year. Baker Mayfield. Finished as QB 17 last year. He's going as QB 16 this year. Dave, is there a buying opportunity here? If you're going to wait on quarterback, wouldn't it make sense to have Baker Mayfield part of a duo? Or in your case, as you like to do in Kentucky, a trio of quarterbacks to work with here?
1: Uh, I'm guessing I'll find someone else in that type of area that I like better, but maybe not. I'm I'm not sure who else is.
0: I can tell you exactly he's going. There's a glut. Right in the end of the ninth, early tenth round, these are the five players, quarterbacks going there in order Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Mayfield, and Ryan Tannehill.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd probably like other players. I mean, uh, probably Goff, uh, Daniel Jones. Actually, that was a compelling case made by Brian, and I agree with him actually because, uh, uh, as we said, Daniel Jones had some big games last year. Uh, even Tannehill gets gets interesting, I guess, uh, with A.J. Brown in his next, next season. So uh, maybe Tannehill. There's some risk with Tannehill.
0: Here's the guy I like best out of that group, and it's the next player we're talking about. He finished as quarterback 29 last year, Dave. But on a per-game basis, he finished as, believe it or not, QB 5 for fantasy points per game. Matthew Stafford, and he's going at the 909. Give me all the Stafford there. You got Kenny Galladay. You got Marvin Jones coming back from injury. It's going to be a banner year for that Detroit passing offense. They're probably going to add somebody else as well. I'll take Matthew Stafford there, man.
1: That's a good case, a good case case to make. 25.9 fantasy points he scored last year. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It was awesome. I I
0: really didn't realize that. I didn't realize it until I was looking at this today. I'm like, oh, this has got to be wrong. My facts and figures must be wrong. I confirmed it with NASA. They said they were right. Uh, Final thing I want to bring. Well, no, two two other quick points. Uh, Two guys that got hurt early last year that um, are going to be coming back this year. Who would you rather draft? Would you And, and we, we know that the, the the Panthers have announced that they're moving forward with Cam Newton. Are you moving forward with Cam Newton as your fantasy quarterback at the 11 one Dave? Or would you rather have Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to 10-11, so basically at the same spot? Or is that the pairing this year, the Roethlisberger-Cam Newton pairing? If you wait for a long time, that's not the worst. I don't uh, think that's a long time. Well, in baseball,
1: a lot of... I, I guess it is. Yeah, you're it, right. It is, yeah. because they all just no, crushed right. in that little window.
0: Yeah. Um... QB nineteen and QB twenty one.
1: Yeah, I think I I I prefer Ben a little bit over Cam. Uh, why and why is that? I don't know. I just I just
0: because he's like seven years older.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, Big Ben has pro- he's produced for a, a long period of time, but you know, it's I've liked Cam too. So I mean, it's I'm just a little bit. Uh, Cam has not really come back off that injury. He's it's to me he seems like he's wearing down because he's had so many rushing yards and so many hits over his career early on, and I, I just didn't. He didn't look right
0: last year, really, at any point. Uh, okay.
1: And so, with Big Ben, I'm not, not as concerned about that.
0: So, for you, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Cam Newton's probably closer to being done than Ben Roethlisberger, huh?
1: I mean, I don't know as far as the career goes, but as far as this coming season Fantasy. goes, there's more, there's more risk that Cam just has a terrible year and, and just sucks. And he's never been the most accurate passer, as we know. I mean, Big Ben's always been way more accurate. Right.
0: What about the weapons? I mean, you have Cam Newton throwing to D.J. Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas. Pittsburgh has Vance McDonald, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Juju. Yeah, I mean, and Connor, I should bring up too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the 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 receivers and uh, McCaffrey's like
1: a whole other receiver, are better for Cam. Again, if he's not on the field, it doesn't really matter. I mean, so I I don't know. I just there's to me, just Cam is this.
0: you're down on Cam. Listen, just, you don't yeah, have to defend I'm,
1: that. I, I like his skill set. I always have, like I said, but I just, again, I just don't know if, if he's back. I just right. don't know. And I, there, I don't want to take that risk when Big Ben is just sitting there.
0: He has Garoppolo's just sitting there as well. Uh, if you're talking about quarterbacks in that area, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow. You could have Tiny Hands Burrow instead of uh, Cam <laughs> Newton this year. Who would you rather have for best ball, Burrow oh, or Cam Newton? Cam. Oh, okay. All want, right. I don't want
1: tiny hands, bro.
0: Speaking of tiny this hands. One-year wonder. Right. Okay, speaking of one-year wonder, um, is there a this year's Lamar Jackson in FFPC this year as far as quarterbacks go? I, I feel like it was Patrick Mahomes in 2018. It was Lamar Jackson in 2019. That guy who goes in that eighth to tenth round area that sets the world on fire. And ends up being a league winner. Is there anybody for you there this year? I
1: mean, the best candidate would be Kyler Murray. Uh, I just, I don't. He's going too high, right? I just don't. Well, I just don't. See, I also just don't see it. I mean, he didn't. It's Again, it's, it's possible, but it didn't seem like they were going to. They're, if they're going to all of a sudden turn into the pistol offense, uh, that's the one thing, you know, the Ravens changed their offense and, and ran it around Lamar Jackson's rushing ability. Uh, they did rush. Murray did have more rushes later in the season, so maybe they're figuring that out a little bit. Uh, so he's the one, I guess. That if I had to pick anyone, even though I was saying I was kind of felt like he was being overdrafted, he's the one I would go with.
0: All right, I'm going to throw two names at you for potential Lamar Jackson, Jan- of, Daniel Jones. No, I was uh, going to say Jones. All right, Tiny Burrow. and, and I, the only reason I I say him is because I feel like um, I don't need any. Fine. AJ Green could be back. They will probably add a couple of dynamic playmakers on offense to supplement Burrow, and you still have in there. Plus um, awesome Tyler Boyd. And awesome Tyler Boyd. Is that his new nickname on the show? The ATV? Yeah. It's um, pretty awesome. And then you have, in Baker Mayfield, obviously, Beckham, Landry, uh, and Joku if he's back. Nick Chubb. They'll probably add somebody else as well. I don't really have a good reason other than that for those guys, and none of them run as well as Lamar Jackson did. I guess Mahomes didn't run as well as Lamar Jackson did either. Um, but I, I really can't see anybody else at this point, and, and I think the only t- reasons I'm saying those guys is because of the unknown a little bit. And Baker Mayfield, we kind of know. The only thing that's really changing for him this year is he gets a new uh, head coach and uh, a new offense, you know, and uh, other than that, we, we, it, it's kind of, he is who we thought he was. <laughs> and we'll see if we let him off the hook.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what, what, what was Baker Mayfield? Why did he have a bad year last year? I really didn't own him
0: anymore, so I didn't, and I didn't really watch out those games. Why Was he so bad? But, I think a lot Well, number one, I think Freddie Kitchens had too much on his plate. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who's never been a head coach anywhere before. He was an offensive coordinator for one year. then he came in and tried to do both jobs, and just the, the cesspool that was going on in Cleveland, it was not good, all right. And uh, I, I think he might have lost control of the team. Um, I, maybe he's just not as good as we think he is. I mean, there's that possibility as well. He threw he, – he put the ball in precarious positions several times last year, turned the ball over, you know, not to the point where Jameis Winston's like, dude, you got to stop doing it, but at, to the point where it's like, okay, this is becoming a problem. Right. So he turned the ball over a lot, which stunted a lot of drives. Um, I, I, I'm still on board with him. You know, Mayfield is part of a trio or a duo in, in, in best ball. Uh, because I, I think the the possibility for him perf- outperforming his draft so- spot is pretty good. I just don't know if he gets to be. Hey, he's going to be a top ten guy this year. I mean, he's eight, 18. Point, what was
1: it? 18.2 points, fantasy points a game last year at the quarterback position is really bad. Given that you know, in this this day and age, this NFL where you're passing for you know
0: mega yards, five thousand yeah. yard seasons are not out of the norm anymore. That's a really bad – And he had the offensive line. He had the ground game. He had the weapons. He had everything there.
1: Right. I mean, as in his second season, I mean, just to go the other direction, I, to me it's still inexplicable, even though yeah. he gave some fine explanations. I don't get it.
0: Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield? Which one? For what purpose?
1: Uh, fantasy. Okay, dynasty, redraft. Uh,
0: redraft, uh, sorry.
1: Um, and you're talking best ball again? I, yeah. I assume um, – I'm going to go with Mayfield. I mean, you yeah. know, I just you – know, You don't like Burrow. Well, I mean, he's a he's a rookie. I mean, and number one, he's you gonna don't, be a rookie on okay.
0: Cincy, and who knows? You know, it's still right. whatever. Uh, you don't care about the hands thing, right? The fact that he has small hands. A little bit. Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. This is interesting.
1: I don't think it's all that interesting when players like Russell Wilson, who is a, a shrimpy short guy, has 10, 10 plus inch you know big mitts and crushes it. And crushes it. Yeah. So I mean, I I do think hand size does matter. I mean, you're gripping a bigger ball, and that by he he can joke around about it, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it matters to some extent. There, we, it does increase the bust possibility it just does. a little bit. Yeah. I think Achilles Smith had eight inch hands. I oh, mean, did he really? No, I don't know, but I know he busted. What, what about David was,
0: Klingler? What, what did David, David Klingler have? He was the
1: number one overall pick for Cynthia, quarterback. I don't
0: I think, think he was number one overall. He, he was top two or three. Yeah. Cause that was the McNabb draft, and I can't remember who went number one in that draft. Um, we just saw uh, – we We have the scouting combine here on in, in the studio.
1: Oh, nine and three-quarters inches. Nine, he was okay. fine. There you go. <laughs>
0: um, we have the scouting combine uh, going on in the studio, we just saw an interview with Joe Burrow. And he's got that, that um, you know, the, the, clo- like the, the, the close crop on the sides and on the back and longer hair on top, as most of the kids do now. You know who he kind of looks like because he's got a ginormous forehead? He looks like Max Headroom. Remember Max Headroom? Yeah. looks yeah. a little. He's a lot, lot like him.
1: Maybe to be honest with you, maybe I don't really like his overall look and demeanor. Oh, okay. I'm gonna be a, to be a little honest about that. Yeah.
0: You were right about Giovanni Bernard when you when you threw him under the table <laughs> for his poor ass. And yeah. uh, maybe there's something to be said for that. Maybe there's something to be said for selling jeans, Dave. Billy you know Bean yeah. says you, you know
1: should. Who, you know who else I don't really like is looking demeanor is that Justin, the Justin guy from Oregon, the quarterback. Oh, Justin uh, Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. yeah how you pronounce it? Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. He just, I mean, he looks like a surfer and kind of like a, you know, and he's he's skinny. He's six six, like whatever. 238. Yeah. Two thirty eight. He's huge and so he's tall, but he just look, he has this like nonchalance about him. Yeah. Which reminds me of uh, who was the quarterback that got drafted by Arizona? Um
0: he before Kyler Murray. Rosen, like, Josh Rosen. Yeah,
1: he reminds me a little bit of Josh yeah. Rosen's attitude a little bit. Like, well you know, he it's could, interesting he could is, care less he's there.
0: Herbert actually there's been and this was something this past season before a draft season took over, that he wasn't the greatest leader, wasn't the greatest teammate at at Oregon. So I can kind of see that. Yeah, just like in the movie draft day. He also rushed for three touchdowns on the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. Oh well, that's another, another reason for to hate three him. Touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice job. Uh, final question of the night. We'll we'll call it good. Joe Burrow, 101, and a rookie super flex. Is that a mistake? I don't. I think that's actually a good pick. I mean, even though
1: you could take, let's say, Jonathan Taylor or something like that. If it's the quarterback that's going number one overall and it's super flex, to me that. Unless for some reason you really don't like Joe Burrow because of
0: his hands and/or his demeanor, then maybe you can go a different. Direction. You know what you do? Why don't you do this if you're Cincinnati? You got all these picks. You take Burrow 101. And then you need to trade up and get Justin Jefferson at the end of the first round. So they bring bring his college trade up. receiver. Yeah, you'd have to trade up. He's, Justin Jefferson is going to go in the first round now. He had well, a great 40. You just 40 at the time. end
1: of the first round, so they're at the 201. So that yeah, they no have a to...
0: chance. He drops
1: to the 201.
0: No, there's none. Zero right. chance. 0. 0.0. What
1: odds are you going to be on the. Oh, right, let's make it interesting. All, all right. right. Uh, what's, a, what's fair since you you have an opinion?
0: Uh, all right. Let's do. Um, I, I don't know what would be fair. No, 3 to 1. I I I will tell you what, I was gonna say five to one, so let's do four to one. Four to one. So I'll give you four to one odds <laughs> that Justin Jefferson for five. is a first round pick for, for five. All right and I, I got five on it. I that. got five that he is well I have five paying twenty that he is right. I got five paying on paying twenty on it. <laughs> I got five wow. Oh, man. I love Justin Jefferson of the Packers. That's going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I want to thank uh, Brian Harris, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, each and every one of you. We will be back live next Friday at ten nine Central, a 26er making an appearance on the show. It's 1250 Number 3 Dynasty champ Brent Studebaker, who's going to be our guest. Make That'll... sure the chat room's working, all right? All right so hopefully it will be at ten nine Central next Friday. Remember, Jim Seifel is going to be on the high-stakes lowdown next week. That will drop on Rotoviz Thursday morning, bright and early, so make sure you're checking that out. That will be a great episode as well. Uh, get in on that main event early, Bird. You can save $100 right now until June 1st. Uh, it's going to be the most, the biggest prize pool the main event's ever had. Almost $4 million in there just waiting for you. Uh, MyFFPC.com is where to get in on that. Also, that's the place where you can try a best ball slam. You can pick up a Dynasty Orphan today as well. A ton of options on there. Get registered for your league now. Celebrate the scouting combine by uh, getting ready for Sonnesty League. Your combine weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
2: We're on floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the
0: all right so honestly how much do you know about justin jefferson
1: uh not a ton okay i know you he, he's uh wrote of his loves him i think right there's a, <gasps> he's a he's a wide receiver that checks all the boxes why Why are you making this back well four to one's good off
0: <laughs> he had like 111 catches last year like 1300 yards had a great combine he had a great con- – the, the 40 was the surprise. The, people didn't think he was going to run as fast as he did. Yeah. So, we'll see. So he could be a top 15 pick, possibly. I mean, he, whatever. It's a five I, I, I think – we right. I think he's more likely to be a top 15 pick than to follow the second round. But, again, we talked about the wide receiver depth. All it takes is pe- teams falling in love with other guys, and maybe he slips. So, you could be right there. It'll make it fun in the late, late – uh,
1: hopefully, as it gets later in there.
0: Uh, that would be a good point. And it's getting later here, so we got to end it. Talk to you next Friday.